My name is Jane Borowski, host of Invisible Tears. This podcast will be about my story and my words, talking about my own personal experiences and self-healing. I do not claim to be a therapist, counselor, or licensed psychologist. Hello, my name is Amanda Bedard, and I'm the co-host, producer, and editor of Invisible Tears. I'm a Reiki master, certified professional life coach, spiritual coach, wellness coach, and a counseling practitioner. Some of the content you will hear in this podcast may be disturbing to some. Viewer discretion is advised, but it is our hope by putting this information out there that we may help others to heal. We will always be a platform for truth and healing. This is Invisible Tears. Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Invisible Tears. Amanda here, co-host of Invisible Tears. And today we do not have Jane. She is mending. She's not feeling well, but don't fret. We do have Drew here with us today. Hi, Drew. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Doing good. Awesome. We thought that we would take this opportunity to hop on and talk more about mental health from a man's perspective. I know that through some previous episodes, we have touched briefly on just a couple of topics, mostly Jane and myself, but we wanted to get Drew on and get a man's perspective on what he thinks and Ben deal with in the space of mental health. Yeah. So being a guy, one of the things that you're not supposed to do is talk about your feelings. Right. You know, you just bury that shit down and you just keep on, keep on going on. You right, know? right, right. When I sit there and I think about the mental health crisis that is really occurring in this world, I'm glad that we're talking about it and sort of putting this out there and in the forefront to really start some discussion about it, because I think it's something that's really not talked about. Coming from a man's perspective, first of all, do you think that mental health is a true problem? In our society, specifically for men. Uh, yeah, I would say for men and women mm-hmm. combined. Women can just be, in my opinion, be a little bit more open to talking about it. Right. With their friends, with their family members and, you know, whatnot. Yeah. Guys don't do that. Right. You know, at least from my perspective, you don't sit there and, you know, talk about your shitty day or, you know, what's going on. Right. You talk about other things to try to keep your mind off of. Yeah. You know, the negative yeah, that's exactly. going on, you know, in your life. So, yeah, exactly. Why do you think that generally speaking in our society, it's really not okay for men to talk about, you know, what's bothering them from a mental health perspective? It's a sign of weakness. Yeah. You know, that's what it is. It shows vulnerability Yep. Um, to, you know, your psyche and, you know, what's going on. That's yeah. pretty much, that's at least whenever I've not talked about anything that was going on, you know, with me mentally or me with anxiety and whatnot. It's been, it's a sign of weakness. Mm-hmm. Try to try to cope with it mm-hmm. and just move on and hope that it passes. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And so just generally speaking, do you think that it's okay for men to be weak, to be vulnerable and to talk about their emotions? They can, especially if they take the stigma of it being a sign of weakness Mm -hmm. out of the equation. Exactly. You know, it's one of those, I obviously never listened to my own advice, but I've given the advice Mm -hmm. um, to a guy very, very close to me who was having problems and really was looking for help. 
but didn't yeah. know what to do and yeah. didn't want to go talk with anybody because she's like, I, I don't want to be seen as a pussy. I don't want to do that. Yeah. And I was like, Tony Soprano did it. You know, <laughs> and when I told him, <laughs> and when I kind of like put in that perspective, going, you know what? Just find somebody that you can talk to that is thirty miles away from you. Find a practitioner that's right. a couple towns over, someplace that you're not going to run into anybody. Right, and you know, kind of hide behind that distance, but still get the help that's needed. Right, and that's great advice. I think it's so funny too how you were just like. I've never taken my own advice, but I've given great advice about this. And the advice that you gave, in my opinion, was absolutely perfect. Um, I mean, do I think that someone should feel that they have to hide it and sort of be embarrassed about going to talk with someone in recognizing that they they have to go talk to somebody? I mean, no. But the reality of the situation is that, I mean, for a man or a woman, there is still stigma attached to mental illness and... Again, kind of like you were saying, showing that sign of weakness and vulnerability is really, really hard. So I love that you were able to give that piece of advice, even though, as you just said, you you <laughs> you don't listen to yourself. <laughs> yeah, I sort of use my own coping mechanisms whenever having just a depressed day, just a day where it just rain clouds hanging over you. Mm-hmm. Um and everybody that's around me can tell I'm in just a shitty mood. It's a bad day. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's, it's very I don't evident. Hide it. yeah. But what I do is I know for myself, I just need to get myself start laughing. Yeah. Looking for that moment that just triggers me to just chuckle. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. what the hell was that? And just try to ride that wave of humor, laughing, trying to get a little bit more upbeat. Right. You know, and that does help, you know get me out of it it yeah. does take you know every now and then it will take a couple of days yeah for that moment to happen but mm-hmm. yeah that's great that I was actually just going to ask you what are your coping mechanisms but I think basically what you just described was really sort of taking an opportunity to first recognize um, I, I think that's the biggest piece for most people um, that deal with any sort of mental anything recognize that you're not having a good day or recognize that there's something wrong and develop your own sort of coping mechanism. And yours is really sort of like switch the focus. So it almost takes your mind off of what may have been the problem at first and just get you to start laughing and focus on something that is more like humorous. Yep, exactly what I'll do. I'll pull up, you know, stand up comedians, put on a funny show, something that will just give me chuckling at nothing. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Just curious. Have you ever been diagnosed with any sort of mental illness? Nope. No. Okay. Um, but also have never gone to see anybody. Gotcha. So you've never been clinically diagnosed. Got it. Yeah. Yes. So just a few episodes. I came very public with my body dysmorphia. I'm not clinically diagnosed with that, but I know that it is severe and I do have it. But in the past, in my life, I have been clinically diagnosed with both anxiety and clinical depression multiple times throughout my life. In your opinion, do you think that those are things that you've dealt with as well? A little bit. Definitely depression. Depression, I mean, there was a bad time probably about eight, nine years ago when the depression, I was at rock bottom. Yeah. It was a job I didn't hate and got myself into bad relationships, just was not liking the person I was. Yeah. And all life at the time was working to pay bills. Yeah. To sit around being miserable on weekends and then back to working, paying bills, you know, yada, yada. Right. And definitely reached that breaking point um, where I was just like, this is just a miserable existence. This is not fun. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. The life just sucks, you know. Yeah. And started thinking about why not just end it, you know. Yeah. And around the same time, that's when my grandfather, who we spoke about earlier in the season, he committed suicide. And around the same time, too, um, a childhood friend of mine uh, took his own life as well. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sitting there going, these sons of bitches. Now if I do it, everybody's going to think I'm just, you know, just <laughs> jumping on the bandwagon. I'm oh, like, God, God damn it. <laughs> grandfather hung himself okay that's off the table as an option because you know i can't <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> but as you see these thoughts were what kind of helped i have a dark sense of humor so was yes. anything to try yeah. to help myself just kind of laugh my you know way out of it yes you know? we should have actually put a disclaimer at the beginning of the episode like warning drew actually has a very dark sense of humor um we're not we're not in any means actually making light of um of suicide and i mean obviously as as you guys just heard one of Drew's ways of coping um, is through humor, um, whether it may be dark humor, but um, certainly not making light of any of the suicides that you've dealt with in your life. But right. even though you and I weren't actually together at this time that you're speaking of in your life, I did know you. Yep. I am sure glad that that is not the space that you are in now. And while it really sucks that you had to deal with multiple people close to you with suicide, I personally feel thankful that those situations happened sort of when they did to help you realize that that wasn't the path that you should take at that point in your life. Well, actually, I wouldn't even necessarily say that they made me not do it. It definitely was one of those like, I don't really care what people think, but I just don't want to just be a subject to people talking about like if i was going to go out i want to go out with just like yep disappear gone from this world and you know so i was definitely really thinking of like the different ways to do it wow you know it Mm -hmm. was you know even picked out one night when i was like oh yeah this is gonna be the night it is what it is and around the same time i'm just sitting here and my dog at the time Gemma, comes up and puts her head on my lap and i just remember thinking to myself i'm like if i do this this dog is gonna starve to death because at the time I felt like, oh, if I took my own life, I'd be outside rotting for about, you know, a month and a half before anybody actually mm-hmm. decided to come by and take a look or try to call me to see what was going on, you know. Right. And it was that little, you know, moments going like, eh, nobody's going to give a shit. And because of that, you know, my dog's going to die. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. was one of those where I was like, ah, uh, I can't do that to her. Oh. Let me sleep on it, you know. Mm-hmm. And then shortly after that was when got a new job and it really did seem like it was a fresh start. Yeah. And that definitely helped get mm-hmm. me out of that. And that was my lowest of lows. Haven't yeah. had that moment since. And up to that point, it was the worst, mm-hmm. you know, depressed feeling and state of mind I was in. So, yeah. Well, thank goodness for Gemma. God, she was such a good girl, wasn't she? She was. Yeah. yeah. And it was one of those, even at my lowest moments, the thought of going to talk to somebody was still out of the question, you know, out of the question. Mm-hmm. mainly because also I didn't want to be the center of attention even if it was in a discussion with one other person talking about my problems hmm. it was more of a nope just it is what it is live with it if you can't live with it then don't live with it yeah that was really my mind frame at that time yeah I wonder and only because obviously you're you're in a much different space right now I think oh, yeah. mentally yeah oh I can't remember the last time I've been driving and seeing an 18 wheeler come my way and just being like Eh, what if I just, you know, let go of the wheel and drift into it, you know? (laughs) I make for an easy way out and just a split second decision, but it's been years since I've had those thoughts. Yeah. Good. (laughs) Good. I wonder now if you started feeling like you should actually go speak with somebody. I wonder if you'd be more open to actually going to speak with somebody now since you're at such a different point in your life. I might be. Mm -hmm. 
but I still don't like the whole center of attention thing. Yeah. And even <laughs> with a conversation one-on-one, I'd, yeah. Yeah. I understand that knowing you For and your personality. For me, it would have to be the right person and personality to talk to right. in a professional setting. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I can tell you too, I mean, coming from the experience of seeing multiple different uh, counselors and psychologists throughout my life, some of them were fantastic and some of them I only went to once or twice. Sometimes the pairing of the mental health professional that, that you're speaking with really matters and can actually make a really big difference too. I'd agree. And on a random side note, you know, we were talking the other night when we were talking about trying to do an episode on men's mental health and Mm-hmm. and everything and I recently threw my back out and it's one of those where I'm like it just hurts like hell mm-hmm. and I know I'm definitely complaining a lot and not <laughs> doing nearly as much as I you know could be but I'm like yeah it fucking hurts you know and I was just sitting there just kind of like thinking to myself I'm like god how many guys out there and you hear it all the time like anytime husband gets sick you hear the wife Oh my God, he's got a cold. He's can't get out of bed. <laughs> he's he's too sick to do this. I got to do everything else. And I was just yeah. like, you know why? I honestly think because it's the one time guys can really complain yep. openly. Yeah. Because it's something that's kind of visible. Somebody that's sick, you know that they're sick. Right. Yep. So they can, yeah. you know, bitch and moan and complain <laughs> because they can't complain about the everyday stress. Really, that's going on. They bury that a little bit more. So when given the opportunity, oh, hell, they, they're going to take it and mm-hmm. you know, do as much complaining as possible. And I was just like, I, I wonder how many guys out there just subconsciously, they do that. Right. When it is something physical or cold or migraine, something that just takes you out. It seems like it's so much worse just because of the added stress, negativity, just stuff that's go- just daily shit that's going on. Mm-hmm. that is kind of kept, you know, they bury that. Yeah. And then, it is, you know, it kind of comes out in that way. Hmm. I'd, just, I'd just be curious. Yeah, you bring up a really good point. It's something that I never thought of before. And you are totally right with just generally speaking, many women saying that, my goodness, you know, when my, you know, my husband, my significant other, you know, my partner, uh, you know, when when he gets sick, it's uh, it's the end of the world and he can't do anything. And, you know, um, it, it, that sort of thing. And he turns into, you know, quote, a big baby. I'm not saying that that is my perspective by any means, but it is quite a common thing to hear. And you bring up a really great point. I wonder if maybe it's viewed like that because that is the only time that it's okay for men to actually show weakness because it's a physical thing that they can actually, that someone else can actually view and see. You can take that opportunity and really just kind of. You're going to milk it. Oh, well, hell yeah. You, know? <laughs> you can do it, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, no, I have to spend a couple hours, you know, extra hours laying on the couch. Oh, shucks. Let oh, me no. milk it a little bit. <laughs> oh, no. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. And now back to our episode. Yeah. So, Amanda, when we were talking about this, because, you know, we had been talking about doing different mental health episodes, you know, kind of for each of us to really kind of tackle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it really helped with Jane being as open and honest as she is. Yeah. Where, you know, it allowed actually to be able to talk about stuff. Right. Like, I mean, this stuff I'm talking about, I don't know that many people that's have ever told this to. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, it could be when we were talking about it and you're like, yeah, let me just do a little research to see how it affects men versus women. Yeah. 
the figures that you were talking about or were you know telling me about the other day it was really suicides now we know mental health and suicide are you know very tied together so these figures as far as if you look at it going are people that are dealing with mental health right not all but most are yeah so some of the figures that you were showing me were kind of eye-opening because once again i thought i'm the only batshit crazy one that thinks like this or has these thoughts and can't shake these negative roller coaster rides Mm -hmm. of anxiety and depression yep so it's interesting to see that there's a lot more people out there like me than aren't before i even started looking these up i did know that more men committed suicide than women and to be honest with you the the idea of this episode was really in the back of my mind um to sort of talk about like you know mental health and how it's not spoken about generally speaking or okay to speak about with men that really was one of the reasons that was in the back of my mind to, to speak about in, in talking with it. But some of the statistics uh, that I was able to find and some of these figures. So these figures that I found are as of 2020 and it's uh, it was published on the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention website. And we'll make sure and link it in the description. The rate of suicide is highest in middle aged white men. And in 2020, men died by suicide 3.88 times more than women. On average, in 2020, there are over 130 suicides per day. White males accounted for 69.68% of suicide deaths in 2020. And another interesting um, statistic that I found as well is that um, as of 2020, firearms accounted for 52.83% of all suicide deaths. Quick and easy. Yeah. If I had a gun at the time, yep. Yeah. I probably would have. Yeah. But like I said, the way that I get out of my dark moments is by making light of some situ- any situation that I can, even if it's at my own expense. If it makes me laugh, it will help. Right. Help get out of those, those just dark thoughts, you know. Yeah. Another uh, statistic that I thought was staggering um, that I actually saw on this website was 1.2 million suicide attempts in 2020 alone. That's a lot of people. So. Yeah, the numbers are staggering. The one surprising 69% were males. Yeah. Was it? Mm-hmm. I thought it would have been a little bit lower, you know. Yeah. 55, 45, or maybe yeah. 60, 40 for, you know, men versus women. In the past, when I've done a little bit of research on, you know, me- mental health, mental illness, and specifically suicide, I mean, in previous episodes, Jane was very, um, Jane's been very, very transparent about, um, the close link between suicide and suicide attempts and her gambling addiction, uh, which was uh, definitely a direct result of her undiagnosed PTSD from her attack. Um, So I had definitely done some research and the statistics, it makes sense to me, but it's kind of hard to hear how staggering they are. The suicide rate, you know, men versus women. I mean, in your opinion, do you think it's because of undiagnosed mental health and men not speaking about their problems, you know, generally speaking, not being able to show weakness, emotions, that sort of thing? Or is that too much of a generalization? To be honest, I I don't know because I can't really speak on right. that. Yeah. The numbers, though, they were a hell of a lot higher than I thought. Yeah. Another uh, statistic, not going specifically to suicide, but focusing a little bit more on mental illness. 
that I was able to find, it said, just to put it into perspective, to show how common mental illness is in the United States, as of 2020, it was estimated that nearly one in five adults lived with mental illness. So 52.9 million people. Now, the term mental illness is obviously wide. Broad. Yeah, so, exactly. And as far as whether it's a quote-unquote debilitating or even, mm-hmm. you know, a mental illness that affects your daily life or one that it doesn't affect your daily life whatsoever, is that also right. in that figure? Yes. So is it almost, I don't want to say misleading, but it looks like it's severe as hell, but mm-hmm. really the severity of each case. And the statistic goes on to say, I mean, the statistic of 52.9 million people, right? It includes many different conditions that vary in degree of severity, ranging from super mild to moderate to severe. So, I mean, super mild would encompass somebody who obviously has their own coping techniques, probably doesn't seek you know, help from a mental health professional, probably isn't on medicine, um, to when you start getting into moderate to more severe, that's most likely when you see people that are seeking professional help, possibly on medication for whatever condition that they are experiencing. I don't want to make light of any mental illness, especially since things that are so common, like anxiety and depression, are actually looped into Mm -hmm. that umbrella of a mental illness. Also, another really interesting resource, and I will make sure and obviously put this in the description too. We always put all of the resources in the description of this episode. When I was searching around, I found a really interesting website called Operation Red Wings Foundation. And even up at the top of their website, there's a veterans crisis line where you can call or text. But the entire slogan on this website really is removing the mental health stigma for men. And I was really excited to see this resource and see that this resource was out there. So I'm just going to read just a little bit from this website, because I think that the summary on this website really sort of like encompasses at, at least what I was thinking most likely, you know, exists as far as, you know, the mental health stigma for men in our culture. But it was interesting to see it actually put out there by an actual foundation that's really trying to um, trying to help men with mental health and mental illness as well. So they even call out on their website, did you know that men are far more likely to commit suicide than women? Men are at risk, but because of the stigma against men's mental health, many of them never seek the help that they need. The stigma against talking about mental health for men is pervasive in our society. But why is that? What causes that stigma and what can you do to help? What makes it so problematic, especially amongst communities like military workers and first responders? They really call out some really great things. The primary cause of the stigma against men's mental health is the social definition of what it means to, quote, be a man. While younger generations tend to have a better grasp on gender and the harmful effects of strict gender roles, It's clear that people have been socialized to expect different behavior from people of different genders. When you have men in male-dominated fields, the societal expectation is even more pervasive. So men are expected to be stoic and strong. It's, quote, unmanly to cry or show distress in any form that isn't anger or aggression. Unless it's a movie with a dog dying. That's true. Then you're allowed to ball your eyes out. Absolutely. Other than that, That is the one exception to the rule. 
Men are expected to keep their emotions under wrap. And while this may have benefits while on your job or during your you know, day-to-day life, it definitely leads to the mindset that says emotions are inconvenient and even embarrassing. So as you guys can imagine, I mean, this is dangerous, right? To have this general idea and expectation. So I definitely think one of the ways that we can help society and people talk more about mental health specific to men or women is to really just start talking about it and talking about how it shouldn't be unacceptable in our culture for people to talk about their mental health um, and open up about their emotions. Normalize therapy a little more. Speaking with a therapist isn't a bad thing. Now, speaking as a guy that I don't see myself going to therapy or anything, Mm -hmm. more of a when you and I are just chilling at the house and you can tell there's just something on my mind that's just, I'm in a mood. Right. From my perspective, the best thing to do is when I actually do open up, mm-hmm. just listen. Yeah. Don't try to be defensive or anything. Mm-hmm. When guys who don't talk in therapy don't really get their emotions out. Yeah. You know, when it becomes that tea kettle where it just finally, it just all comes out. Yeah. Sort of like explodes. Yep. Let it all get out. And then tackle the conversations. Then you can tackle it sort of piece by piece. Mm -hmm. But if you stop it from all coming out, Mm -hmm. then it just sits there and builds up again. Right. That's what I've always found that's worked for us is letting everything come out. Mm -hmm. So that way there's no, you're in the middle of saying something. Right. Gets off topic. Mm -hmm. Lost in translation. Right. Makes it even worse than it really is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it did take us a while to be able to get to this point, though. I mean, if you remember, I am very much of the type that if something's bothering me, I do want to sit down and calmly or try to calmly talk about it, talk it through, talk about how I'm feeling. Obviously, I have psychology certifications. So a lot of a lot of that plays into my way of wanting to communicate and wanting to work through things. But I think the most important thing that was recognized pretty early on in our relationship was that is not your process. And I can't even tell you how many times I've actually given clients this advice and told clients this. While your process may be completely different than your partner's, you need to respect their process. And even though it may be hard for you to do, it's extremely hard for me to do, for me to like block your energy and see you upset and not immediately come in and try and fucking counsel and fix it. It's very, very hard because that is my first go-to. That is like what I'm supposed to do, right? But recognizing that the way that you need to work through your process is you need space. You need to be left alone. You need some alone time. You need to be able to process your own thoughts in your own way. And now that I know that and I recognize that and I specifically leave you alone, I mean, even sometimes I will specifically go up to you and say, I'm sorry, it's not a good day. I'm here when you need me. I'm not ignoring you. I'm giving you space. And I simply just go about my day and I know that when you are ready to come to come in and talk, because again, I think I'm one of your safe people, right, um, to speak with, you're going to do that and the entire uh, situation happens much more quickly and with less aggression. Yes. 
Um, so I think it's really important for people to realize that with communication, just just basic communication in relationships, recognizing that your way of communicating may not be their way and respecting what they need as well. While it may not be easy for you to do, by you doing that, it shows such respect for them and their process that the entire situation will probably be rectified and talked about so much more easily and quickly and without any arguments or anything like that with truly really good communication. And that's probably the best way to go. Yeah. And then vice versa, when you're having one of your days, Mm -hmm. I know you just want to air it out. You want to get it done. Yep. So it's like, okay, grab a coffee and let's go talk, you know? Yeah. Again, I'm a talker. I'm a communicator. I love that you appreciate that and thank you for honoring that. It's very rare that I will need to do the, I need my space, but I will tell you oh, yeah. and you'll be able to yeah. tell and know and know that, oh, she's, she's really mad about something. So as we sit here and we just sort of digested it about how we actually communicate and what our process is when something is actually wrong. It's interesting because I it just realized in my head, we sort of do our own at home therapy. I know that you mentioned before we started talking about how we communicate that you don't like being the center of attention. And I guess going to a therapist, you probably wouldn't like being asked questions and sort of put on the spot and being the focus of the conversation. Right. Interestingly enough, I can tell you from personal experience that that isn't always what therapy is. I know. Okay. All right. I just but wanted to make sure that you were aware. But there's that off chance that it is. So yeah. I just say, fuck that. <laughs> like, nope, now I ain't going to do it. Got it. Got it. Like I said, I just don't want to put a bad stigma about therapy um, out there with anybody. I think that therapy is absolutely fantastic. Again, make sure that you find a therapist that works with you. I have been in therapy sessions before where literally I just go in, sit down, and the therapist is like, how are you doing? And for some reason, it's just like word vomit, right? And I'm just going and going. And they probably say five words throughout like the hour long session. And at the end of it, I'm like, holy crap, I feel so much better. And they're like, awesome. Yeah, That's see, what you needed. So mine's are a bit good. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't elaborate at all. Exactly. Yeah. So you would be more of a work for like a therapist, like pull this, pull these things out. Yeah. 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 But that's just me. As we finish up, you know, talking about therapy and things like that, um, one of the other things that this Operation Red Wings Foundation website really helped outline was just sort of ways that you can help people and specifically, you know, the men, the men in your lives, or if you're a man and you're dealing with some mental health struggles, uh, different ways that, you know, people can help to support you. And one of the things that they clearly outline, not just with, you know, normalizing therapy and making sure that people understand that therapy is okay, just showing clear and obvious support. And I think that's one thing that you drew that you mentioned earlier, too, is that, you know, showing support. Right. And being that like safe person for them to speak with. Encourage, you know, the men in your life to open up. And now this is one of those things where I think that based off of the person, this may actually be harder to do than easy. You know, each individual is different. I can definitely say that I'm not sure that every man will be actually comfortable with opening up. Again, that's not a bad thing. Don't force people to do anything. I was going to say, if there's a lot of resistance there from the beginning, mm-hmm. I'd recommend not pushing too, too hard. Right. Unless... It's the last thing to keep somebody safe. Right. Unless it's a pretty severe uh, situation. The encouragement is much different than forcing. 
Um, you can't force someone to talk about what is bothering them. Maybe they are so uncomfortable with sharing what's happening with them and how they're feeling because they've never done it before or because they've consistently been told that they shouldn't be doing that or that nobody cares or, you know, shove it down. So it may be a very, very uncomfortable space for them to be in. So again, don't force, just encourage. I'd agree. I think it would be the best piece of advice. And it might take up a lot of encouragement over a long period of time. But then once it, you know, once it comes out, let it come out. And then it's only going to get easier mm-hmm. to get those conversations started. Yep. You know, after that point. So yeah. I only know that from at least in my personal experience. Right. Coming from your personal perspective. Yeah. 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 Yep. yeah. Now I don't let shit, shit build up. It just affects me. Get it out. Get it done over with. Mm-hmm. Don't bury it. Yeah. That's good. Well, thank you, Drew. Thank you. Thank you for uh, coming on and opening up. I think through the entire process of Invisible Tears, I think both of us have sort of been really inspired by uh, Jane's transparency. And so it makes it that easier for us to want to make sure and be transparent as well and come on and talk about it in the hopes that possibly us talking about it helps someone and make sure that if you or someone you know is suicidal or having suicidal thoughts make sure to call 988 which is the national suicide and crisis lifeline Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Invisible Tears. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to hear all future episodes. Click into our link tree too in the episode description to find and follow us on all our social medias. And it also links to our website, invisible-tears.com, where you can keep current on any events that may be coming up, read more about Jane and the team, and read more about all the Connecticut River Valley unsolved cases. If you are looking for everyday items, clothes, collectibles, or a gift for that special someone, you can support us further by checking out our retail store, The Frugal Marketplace. We can be found at thefrugalmarketplace.com or search for us on eBay and Poshmark. We hold an online claim sale on Facebook Live every Monday night at 7 p.m. where you can find our latest items for sales or items at a deep discount. The links for our products can be found in our show notes. If you want to learn more about my wellness practice, Guided Path Wellness, head to guidedpathwellness.org. There you can read more about me and my certifications, more about the Reiki and coaching services I offer both in person and remote, and read all about my products for sale that I make through the practice. Feel free to utilize the contact us section on the website with any questions or utilize that free 15 minute consultation booking button if you have any questions about what might work for you. Evil may exist in this world, but we will not let it win. See you next episode.